I'm just saying. Like, don't like, have sex. Honestly, don't. It's fucking lame. It's fucking lame and gross. Anybody who fucks is a goddamn nerd. You sound like a virgin who can't drive right now. <laughs> well, I think you know that only one of those things is true. Yeah, you can't drive. <laughs> <laughs> she drove us here and I was clinging for life. No, you weren't. I was not. I'm joking. I of know. course I wasn't. It did take us a little while. Um, <laughs> You had me at... Hell no. Hello and welcome to You Had Me at Hell No. I'm Mel. I'm Alan. And thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. If you are new, welcome to the insanity. If you are returning, welcome back to the insanity. Welcome. We're so happy to have you either way. Um, this is our podcast where we watch romance movies and try to figure out why. Why? Just, we don't really necessarily have a hypothesis, but... But our research question is, why is this genre of romance, specifically mostly Mm rom-coms, that's marketed towards women Mm -hmm. in all kinds of groups? Uh uh, Why is it marketed specifically to us? And why is it really bad for us at the same time? Yeah, it's marketed to us, but also fucking hates us. A lot of really Um. problematic tropes centering around women, people of color, the queer community... Just a lot of stuff that creates really harmful stereotypes today. Yet, even though we don't like romance movies, we have seen a fucking lot of them. Yeah, and there are ones that we're like, we like it. Yeah, we even like them, but we don't even like to watch them for fun. Allie, what do you like to watch for fun? Ooh, I like an action movie. I love, um, like, to turn my brain off or to relax. I love, like, a usually, like, a fun 80s one or, um, uh, what's that? Good? T- today... Weirdly, for the first time, I watched Aliens. Which is more in my wheelhouse. I was going to say, it's a little more your your wheelhouse, but it is the more action-based of the films, I feel. I mean, yeah. it's definitely more of a horror because it's a lot more like... Well, it's sci-fi more, action horror. Mm-hmm. And like once you get past the spook, it's just an action movie yeah. with Aliens. It's, it's definitely a lot. Like, oh, I said the title of the movie. <gasps> she said it. How Look, about you, Mel? What do you like to watch? I really like horror, um, but uh, I think my anxiety during the pandemic has been a little too much for me because I've been watching things and getting really freaked out, which doesn't <gasps> normally happen to me. Normally, I'm like, mm-hmm. I could watch. Listen, I watched Cannibal Holocaust and slept like a baby right afterwards. So mm-hmm. if that doesn't tell you about who I am as a person, totally. I don't know what will. But I've been doing a lot of research about spooky things. Like this week, I've been really into the the story about Wendigos and like what now, they do. What do they do? Well, they're sent. My understanding is that you know they're uh, mythological. It's like a cryptid. Like, right? Thank you. That's the word. Cryptid. Look at me. Um, like a mythological cryptid with indigenous Indian origin. And in my research, most people attribute the word of being like Algonquin origin. I don't know oh. indigenous Indian languages, so I really can't say for sure. Uh-huh. But essentially, like a Wendigo is like a creature that shapeshifts uh-huh. and they're known for, you know, snatching people away from their homes, killing them. 
And they're also really characterized by like greed and uh, the eating of human flesh. No. So I'm very interested in what that entails. So I don't want that. I don't believe that they're real, but they're so fascinating. I um I like I really want to see the Loch Ness monster one day. I I admitted that to y'all. And I know it's probably not real, but I just love the idea that there's like a sweet sea monster just hanging out. I know it's not a sea monster because it's from a lake. What makes you think it's sweet? Because what evidence do you base that on? Because they we don't see her a lot, and she just likes to hang out in a lake in Scotland. Again, how do we know the sex? How do we know that it's sweet? Okay, you got me there, but I do think it's sweet. I think it's probably a real sweetie pie. You know what I think is really cool? What? Bigfoot. Bigfoot is cool. I always think of Bigfoot from a Goofy movie. Today- that rendition of Bigfoot... <laughs> Is probably it's the best the one. best one that I've ever seen, aside from maybe Harry and the Hendersons. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, today we didn't watch a goofy movie. We watched uh, a 2011 rom com, New Year's Eve. Ugh. And you know, in continuing with our December theme mm-hmm. of holiday romance, we thought it would be appropriate since this episode is dropping on New Year's Eve to do the movie New Year's Eve, and also to wish all of you lovely listeners a happy New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. 2020 has been a ball of shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I let's sincerely... proceed with caution into 2021. Yes. Let's not, you know, put all of our eggs in one basket. But mm-hmm. hopefully 2021 will be a better year than 2020. Yes. May you all have much more love, kindness, rest in the coming year. Here, here. Thank you. Now, while I like a good action film and Mel loves to be scared, we have someone with us who doesn't seek out films as a way to calm down. Our sound engineer, Tiffer. Hi, Tiffy. Hi, Allie. Hi, Mel. <laughs> hey, how are you? I'm doing well. Good. So All right. Good. So now, mm-hmm. based only on the title, New Year's Eve, what do you think this movie is about? I'm going to cheat. Uh, <gasps> this week, I, I'm going off of more than the title. I looked up the poster uh, for <gasps> how it. How dare. I know. You're fired. Just th- I mean, New Year's Eve gives me nothing to work on. I'm kidding. Uh, You're not fired. No. You do truly everything for this podcast. Yeah. Without if you, I'm you would fired, fall apart. Nobody's hearing without this. You, without, without you, there is no podcast. It's just Mel and I in her apartment being like, what is this? Yeah, us being like, we should start a podcast. We should start a podcast. Anyway, we interrupted you. Mm-hmm. Please continue. So based off of the title and the poster that I found for the film, I, I think it doesn't bode well <laughs> that the poster is just all of the famous people who are in this movie, mm-hmm. and two of those people are musicians. <laughs> so that feels you are more correct than you think. Yeah, probably. yeah. It, it just feels like it's trying to like piggyback off of the success of Love Actually mm-hmm. and just do the whole overlapping storylines that somehow converge at the end. Very astute, Very my good, Tiff. Well, this has been Tiffer's Pop Culture Osmosis. Woo! Okay, so Tiffer is basically right. Yep. So after yep, yep, Love yep. Actually, Love Actually made, I think it was like almost $200 million in the at the box. It was huge. It made a lot of money. It made a lot of money. And if you listen to our episode, you know how we feel about it. However, we didn't feel good about it. I will say that this movie 
because they also did Valentine's Day, they did New Year's Eve, and I think later they did Mother's Day. Yeah, like wh- so. What? Basically, what happens? I think are they going to come out with Labor Day? No, wait, no, they did. They came out with a movie called Labor Day. That's like a sad love story between Josh Brolin and Kate Winslet. Wait, for real, skis? I'm not joking with you. Is it all about like? unionization and workers' rights? I don't know. All I know is that the poster is like them by a lake. <laughs> no! Wait, what about Arbor Day? That's not been taken yet. Okay, because my favorite joke about Arbor Day is uh, from the Peanuts when the teacher asked Charlie Brown what Arbor Day is, and he says it's when all the ships go down to the arbor, and it's still to this day the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. Oh, I like that. I love that. My, What's another dumb holiday that they could do? Um, President's Well, the thing Day. is, these jokes have been made. Like, there was a joke on 30 Rock where it's Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And yes, or yeah. Leap Day. Leap, Leap Day, Day, actually. I will That's say, Leap Day looks like a sick-as-fuck movie. I would watch Leap Day. Yeah. But it, this movie is on... I don't... This... Um, okay, oh boy. It... Okay, so basically what happened is, as what I was saying is that studios saw the success of Luck Actually and managed to not understand where the success of that came from. So for all of its faults, and oh boy, are there fucking faults in Love Actually, uh-huh, uh-huh. what I think almost works, if anything, is that it does try to actually have some kind of, like, character in it. There's supposed to be stories about, like, characters where you care about these people, and what I think fails is because it's so short, and it's so kind of morose, all of the stories are just sad because they get you to care about the characters enough to show you a conflict that they're going through and then not resolve that conflict. So you're just watching people withstand pain for over like over and over and over over the holiday season. And that was our biggest critique of Love, actually. It's that it, there's no real resolution for anyone, and no. the resolution we do get is really sad. It's, everyone in the movie is an asshole. Now, with this movie, it's similar to, I think, Valentine's Day, which I think we will, probably we are going to eventually have to do it. Oh, God! But what this is, is essentially just how many famous people can we get to be in this movie We'll have these stories maybe tangentially cross each other. Maybe not. But we're not going to actually have any character. All of the dialogue is trash. It's just going to be the first 30 minutes are people just saying cliched lines. It's just exposition. The first quarter of this movie is only exposition. And we never learn. And none of it pays off. None of it pays off. Should we try to do what we did with Love Actually where we go like... Story by story? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. That's the most efficient way. So... Um, who's I don't even remember who's first. I fuck this movie made me mad. I, but here's the thing: I think why they didn't how this movie, a way this movie got made, is they were like, well, we'll call Gary Marshall because he did Valentine's Day, and basically they were like, Gary Marshall, rest in peace, was like notoriously very chill to work with. Like women, he directed Pretty Woman. He directed a lot of episodes of like TV and like helped create like and run like Happy Days, all the Happy Days spinoffs. He did um, Beaches. He did Frankie and Johnny, I think. He did. He's sort of, he was. Just like an overall pleasure to work with. Genuine, like every like beautiful, like high cheekbone actress is like, well, you know, Gary, um, he he really makes you feel safe, which is like, honestly, what a dream for them, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, especially, you know, in the 90s, which is like Weinstein. <laughs> it's a fucking nightmare. So really it was like, him calling up different All of people. his famous people, friends, being like, we're doing this movie. Do you want to be in it for 20 minutes? Yeah. Oh, he also did Princess Diaries. Anyway, so... Another great movie, which I love. I 
Although that one, if you rewatch Princess Diaries, is different now because they're like, oh, they're just mad at her for nothing. They should be mad at other people. They oh. mad at her for getting caught by the paparazzi while she's being like attacked. Well, that's not what the books are about. But no, you're the right. books are great. Also. I started listening to the band Rooney because yes, Robert Schwartz because Robert Schwartzman played uh, Mikey. Oof, he was cute. He still is. God, but like, good looking. Listening to that album recently, I've just been like, oh yeah, I can see why I liked this when I was fourteen. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, cool. Great looking. Great looking. Cute dude. Also, technically, I'm sure he does. He's tired of this being brought up. Technically, a Coppola. Yeah. He is Talia. Sh- he and Jason Schwartzman are Talia Shire's children. Talia Shire, phenomenal actress, most famously probably in The Godfather and as Adrian in the Rocky films. Yep. And she and Francis Ford Coppola are brother and sister. And um, Nicolas Cage is also a Coppola. He is the son of their brother, Augustine. Anyway, let's get into New Year's Eve. So Yeah. So um, let's start with SJP. SJP. Okay. So First S- of all, I fucking love Sarah Jessica Parker. Mm-hmm. This is something about myself that I don't normally reveal. I didn't know this about you. I think she's a really good actor, and mm-hmm. I think the fact that she's so famous for playing Carrie on Sex and the City has really influenced her brand. Mm-hmm. Um, because Carrie is a shitty character. Yeah. Really difficult to watch. Really frustrating. Incredibly selfish. Yes. Um, SJP, phenomenal actor. I think she's honestly very talented. and um... I think she's underutilized. Also... Something I think we forget, she's technically a child actor. She's been working since she was, like, what, 12? Yeah. She was an Annie on Broadway when she was, like, a kid. The fact that she is even kind of okay is a miracle. Well, I think that probably has a... She also used to date Robert Downey Jr. for a really long time. Oh, they did! I forgot! And then (gasps) she's been with Matthew Broderick for, like, 20 years or something. Also was... Well, well, not technically. Chi- well, no, he was kind of. He was a child actor. He was a child actor. Early teens. Yeah. yeah. They're very cute together. I know. They're having a good time. Anyway. I SJ- wish them nothing but the best. We wish but, them nothing but the best. But SJP, her character, she doesn't really have a character. No. She's just like concerned single mom. She's busy, single mom, nervous, very excited because she gets her daughter, Abigail Breslin, this New Year's Eve. Last New Year's Eve, she was with her dad. And so she's very excited to spend New Year's Eve, have a night in with her daughter. And her daughter really wants to go to Times Square with a group of her friends. They're all 15 because she wants to kiss the boy from Wizards of Waverly Place. Yeah, and not 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 the attractive boy from Wizards of Waverly Place. The not chi- David Henry. The child from Wizards of Waverly Who, Place. If we're being honest, if we were 15, we would also be like, he's so cute. Yeah, but we're <laughs> He has we're long hair 30. and big lips. And I'm 14, so that's really all I notice. Yeah, but we're 30, <laughs> um, so... And now I'm attracted to 30-year-olds with long hair and big lips, okay? Sue me. <laughs> so, you I'm know. Still, I'm age-appropriate, but I like what I like. Right. So the whole <laughs> thing is that, you know, Abigail Breslin is like a really bratty teen. Awful. And she's really, really mean to her mom. Very and she mean. she has the typical, like, you're just trying to keep me in for yourself because you're a selfish bad mom. And, like, I just want to go hang out with my friends and blah, blah, blah. And SJP does what I think a good mom would do and be like, no, you're a teenager. You're not going to Times Square by yourself with a bunch of your dimwit friends. Yeah. And like, I want to have a nice night. And I don't want to go to Times Square because I would have to chaperone you to feel comfortable. And I'm not doing that. Yeah. And, and so then Abigail Breslin runs away. Yeah. 
this really upset me because I was a single child of an, uh, uh, sorry, an only child of a single mother. If I got lost in a store, it was like a problem. Remember in Target how there used to be like, will so-and-so please report to the front? Your mother is looking for you. I was the child. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I once got lost uh, in a foreign country, so I get that. Fucking one okay, up, you got it. You got one a big up, you. <laughs> Ooh, big old dick over here. Just, just I get lost slapping, in a foreign country, slapping my thighs. Ooh, big I, dick. I got lost overseas. Wowie, wowie, Okay. Also, this is something. There are multiple either Academy Award winners or Academy Award nominees in this film, and they are given almost nothing. Abigail Breslin, Academy Award nominee. Um, uh, at one point, she, cause she, they tried to pull the thing up like, Mom, I'm not a little kid anymore. This is not a training bra. And like shows her bra to everybody. She flashes, oh yeah, this part really fucking upset I, me. Oh, Melanie was pissed. Because they are in Grand Central Station, one of the busiest public transit hubs probably in the entire world. Mm -hmm. And they are walking down a staircase and they both stop yeah. to have a conversation. These are native And New nobody Yorkers? tells them to get the fuck out of their way. Yeah. That's how I know this movie is bullshit. Yeah. So SVP's looking around for Abigail. Can't find her. Calls her brother, who is played by Zac Efron. Oh, we will get to him. He honestly. A king. We stand a king. Um, anyway, he's like. He's like, I'm the cool uncle. So mm -hmm. like, don't tell her that I told you, but she's at the 54th Street pen. Yeah. And basically for what that means is on New Year's Eve on Times Square, they basically shut down. Mm-hmm. A, a pretty large portion of the city. Mm -hmm. And in the blocks around where the ball is. They basically have, it's like a literal pen. Like, they mm -hmm. just put fences around where people gather and watch. Yeah. And one of them's on 54th Street. Mm hmm And anyway, Abigail finally gets to 54th, and she sees one of her friends kissing the boy that she likes at midnight. And she's like, and right at this moment, SJP has finally found her. So she turns around, sees her mom, and her mom just hugs her. And Which is a her. very sweet moment very that her sweet. mom. And that's, I think, like... Mm -hmm. If I were Abigail Breslin, that's what I would want my mom to do. Okay. And just like, I know what I did was stupid. I did it for a boy that ended up hurting me. Mm -hmm. Like, you were right. I was wrong. Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then they go to like a diner or some yeah. shit. And then her shitty friends come back and she's like, mom, can I go to the after party with my friends? And her mom's like, sure, because her mom has somewhere she needs to be, which we'll, I guess we'll do for the next we'll one. We'll do for the next one. But... but Abigail Breslin, oh, but in, in the meantime, the boy pulls her aside and she's like, I don't want to hear it. I saw you kissing Lonnie, pff, I don't know, some girl's name. <laughs> Lonnie, pff, that's correct. That was her name in the credits. <laughs> the hottest girl in school. The hottest girl in school is Lonnie. Pff. One time I saw Lonnie <laughs> wearing flip-flops and army pants. So I wore flip-flops and army pants. So anyway, the boy kisses her because he's trying. He starts to be like, "She ambushed me," and Abigail Breslin's like, "Whatever." There's also except no she didn't, and he kissed her back. Because he's here's the thing: there are no actual jokes or character moments in this movie, and it really bugged me. Yeah, yeah, it bugged me too. And so I had to watch. We were watching this like, come on. But yeah, anyway, and honestly, that's that storyline. Yeah, literally, but Abigail Breslin got kissed. Anyway, Shit all happened. So. That storyline kind of connects to Josh Dumal. So Josh Dumal, um, it starts with him in Connecticut at a friend's wedding, 
And it's just him and the bride and the groom. Yeah, and the priest or the preacher or whatever. Whoever the fuck. And it's Joy McIntyre plays the groom. Oh, I don't know who that is. He was the new kids on the block and he's been, he's like, now I want to want a comedy, honestly. Oh, good Um, for him. We're happy for him. Anyway, they're like, he's like, we know I got to get to New Year's. I got to get back to New York because um, I have to deliver this big speech at the company party tonight. And he is messing around with his GPS thing. And, and this and this is in the car. days before your phone was a GPS. Uh-huh. This was when you had like your little Garmin thing. Like a Tom thing. Tom? Tom Tom or a Garmin. He ends up crashing his car because of the GPS uh-huh. and he gets a tow. Um, and uh, the only mechanic in town is taking his family uh-huh. to the city in an RV to see the ball drop. Uh-huh. So Josh Dumel goes in the RV with this family because they kindly agree. Yes. They're like, oh, you need to get to the city? We're going to the city. Here's strange man we've never met before. Come in an RV with my spouse and my children and my father and yeah. just hang out with us. You won't murder us, Super right? nice, but like, what? And he starts to tell them the story of last New Year's Eve. And one of the reasons he's nervous about tonight is because... <laughs> Not just because he has to give a speech at the party, but also because last New Year's Eve, he went out and he met a woman. Oh, and she no. was amazing. She was amazing. She was amazing. And at one point he left or whatever and then came back and there was a note. And it was like, if you still, you know, let's meet here next year at midnight. And you're like, who is this woman? And they kind of, Kind of make you think it's this one. There's a lot of red herrings. There's a lot of we red herrings. We think it might be Hillary Swank. It's not Hillary it's Swank. It's not Hillary Swank. But basically, and it, it's to the detriment of the other storylines because they don't want to give you enough info. So you're like, oh, it's definitely not her. And so therefore, when other things happen in Hillary Swank's storyline, you don't care because you weren't building that up yeah. throughout the movie. Yeah. You were spending the rest, the whole rest of the movie dealing with Hillary Swank's bullshit. Yep. Being like, oh, I guess she's going to meet Josh Dumal at the end of this. And then she doesn't. And we'll get to her thing in a sec. But anyway, Josh Dumal shows up at the party. And it's at like a record executive. Ahern Records. And that that connects to a different storyline, which we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah. Because I think we want to save the best one for last. Cherry Jones is like the owner of the record company. And yeah, she's the, has the a tiny widow. dog. Cute, tiny dog. But basically like. It's a family record business, and they're doing very well. And mm-hmm. the father, who was, like, CEO or whatever, passed away the year before. Uh-huh. So now Josh Dumel has to give the speech. Uh-huh. And honestly, his speech is fine. It's fine. It's very, like, whatever. And immediately feelings. women are like, hey. Yeah, they're like, oh, my God. Happy New Year. We happy New Year. Have sex you have you. a dead dad. That must be so hard for you. It's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> It's very difficult. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't know with your totally alive mom. My so. dad is totally alive, but my mom, let me tell you. <laughs> you know what? If You're you, probably wondering how I got you're here. You're probably wondering how I got here. <laughs> let me tell you something. If you're using your dead parent as a way to get laid, go fuck yourself. Yeah, also, you're, that's shitty. Real shitty. It does, you're shitty. And also, it's going to happen anyway, okay? Josh Dumas leaves the party. Because he's like, I don't want to have sex with these ladies. Um, I want to have sex with that one lady whose name I don't know. And guess who it is? Turns S-J-P. out. S-J-P. And, and they kiss. And you're like, okay. No chemistry. No 
chemistry. No build Zero. up, no chemistry. Zero chemistry. Also, all I, and like the my scalp t- has more build up than their love story. Oh my god. Because that's a big problem with people with curly hair. Anyway. No chemistry. The whole time I'm like, she wouldn't even have sex with him if he was a dude on Sex and the City. And those dudes were like, replace a ball. Like, he's, he's like a throwaway fuck dude. Yeah, but not even, like, they have no chemistry. I don't believe, there is nothing in me that believes that Sarah Jessica Parker would be like, I really like this guy. No. 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 No offense, Josh Dumal. Also, I don't think Josh Dumal would understand or appreciate Sarah Jessica Parker. I don't think so either. Yeah. So. Especially because she's a single mom. I like. And her job in the film is that she's a costume designer on Broadway. Do you know how hard that job is? That job is. Do you know how many uh, hours those people work? Yeah. It's exhausting. They don't have time for anything. No. We didn't buy it. Um. The next one is Hillary Swank. Should we do Hillary Swank? Let's do Swank. Let's get Swankified. Okay, so Swank, her whole thing is she is the, what, commissioner or president. She's now in charge of, like, what is it, the Times Square Alliance? Yeah, or? basically she is the person who is in charge of the ball drop. Yeah. At midnight. And she has no character. Except that she's, like... Except that she's nervous about she's really, the ball dropping. Really nervous and, like... Academy Award winner. We're supposed to believe... We're supposed to believe that Hillary Swank, like, worked really hard to get there. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, a New Yorker for life. Because this is all stuff that comes out. Mm-hmm. But, like, the most character we really get out of her is that she's afraid of heights. Yeah. And... Her best friend is somehow ludicrous. Who yeah, plays who's, a cop. like, police commissioner. This is how he's introduced. He's sitting down. He turns around in a chair. Also, every person is introduced, not as a character, not in any way that's like, oh, we're going to learn about this character or this storyline or whatever. It's truly just reveal of a new celebrity, reveal of a new celebrity. It's Uh just we're waiting for the audience to see the new celebrity. And truly ludicrous turns around and she goes, Brendan! And they hug, which is like great that you're friends, but also what the hell? Also, his name is not Brendan. No. That's Chris Ludicrous Bridges. Lick you from your head to your toes, and I want to move from the bed down to the that the very same ludicrous of the Fast and Furious. Correct. And here's the thing: that's a movie that utilizes and knows what they have with him. So her whole thing is that she's afraid of heights, I guess, but she's in charge of the ball dropping. But things keep going wrong. Oh no! Also, there's a guy because Ludicrous knows that she's afraid of heights. And they're trying to walk up the steps to get to this thing. And he's like, don't worry. I have a plan because I knew this would happen. And he just has this big cop with like a cute hat um, lift her and carry her places. Which was actually kind of charming. I thought that was charming. I wish we had more of that guy because I thought he was very sweet. Yes. Anyway, right as the ball is like being raised, it or starting to be braced, it breaks. Uh-oh. And she's like, oh, my God. And they have to call in... Um, Kaminsky. Played by Hector Elizondo. Hector He's Elizondo. Like, who, Kaminsky's like a technical genius, and he got fired last for year. some bullshit reason that nobody really knows or cares about. Mm-hmm. And so his whole thing is that they bring him in to fix the ball. Yeah. And she has to give a speech. She has to stall the press. She has like, to stall the press. Is the press ever like, oh, no. 
Um, like, here's the thing. She gives the speech only because it is the end of the second act. And, and we need that call to action to nothing. This movie... It's literally a call to nothing. It's a call to nothing. This movie truly just says stuff because it's this point in the movie. Her speech is like, well, listen, we just... The, the, w- ball- the ball drop was intentional. It's not at all a mistake. And we just wanted to remind everyone to reflect on the year that's passed and be excited for the year to come. Bullshit. Yeah, she tries to make it like this is actually about how we have to embrace our mistakes. And I don't know, they make her do this thing. It's um, really fucking stupid. And then um, they're and like, then, the president of the alliance, your boss is here. And she goes, Mr. Mr. Bueller. Mr. Bueller. And immediately I went, Bueller. And, and then guess who fucking Patrick shows up. It's the laziest, shittiest joke. It it's a fun so cameo. Mad. And like, I think Broderick. This whole movie is just cameos. Yeah, but I think Broderick does a good job with what he's given of just yes. being like, I'm your boss. You better not fuck this up. I love He him. was living. He was he having got, a good time. He literally got to sit in a limo and yell at someone and then leave. And no, he, I Which is he, my dream. That's a dream. You know what he got to do that day? Sit in a limo, get, have fun with like a nothing character, and then go have lunch with his wife, who was also on set that day, I'm sure. Yeah. So that's cute. It's also in New York. He's probably like, they live there. They live there. He probably took the limo to the set. You know what I mean? Anyway, he had a great time. So then Hillary Swank, you know, Kaminsky fixes the ball and she's like, I have to go. There's something I need to do. So and, she puts and you Kamins- think it's Josh Jumal. Right. And she gives, she puts Kaminsky in charge. Mm-hmm. The ball is dropping. And uh, then instead of going to Josh Jumel, she actually goes to the hospital mm-hmm. where Robert De Niro is dying. Dying. And Carrie Elwes is his doctor. Once again. Halle a- Berry is his nurse. <laughs> Let's get into the storyline because we lost our minds at this one. Okay. So Robert De Niro is dying. <laughs> we don't know what he's dying his from. His ideal But role. he's refusing all treatment. He's, he's refusing- just wallowing there. He's refusing, refusing all treatment is just talking about how like I don't have anybody. I can't call anybody. Yeah, I fucked up my life too bad. Too bad. And and so the doctor's um, the just kind of like, oh, all right. Once again, Carrie Elwes showed up in the movie and we went, oh, Carrie! Like, we get so we excited about Carrie Elwes. love Ellis. him. That's how I felt when I saw him and saw I was like, oh my god, Carrie! Carrie truly, Carrie Elwes, if you ever want to come on our podcast... We would love to Carrie, have Carrie, you. if you're listening, we have both idolized you probably since like age eight. So Carrie, you're just we just think you're great and um I, I like that you you just seem to be like a really cool guy and I like how you I would love to hear your opinions about shitty romance movies mm-hmm. because you have starred in one of the greatest romance movies of all time. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Let's take a moment and just think about him. All right, that was a good moment. Okay. Um, so he's the doctor. Halle, Halle Berry, Berry is, is his nurse. nurse. And basically, there's another red herring, too, because she's also got to go at midnight. Yeah. So at some point, we're wondering, like, okay, is Hillary Swank going to meet Josh Dumel? Is Halle Berry going to meet Josh Dumel? Is Sarah but, Jessica Parker going to meet Josh Dumel? Right. We don't know. We don't know. Also, part of what De Niro says is, Doc, the reason why I chose this hospital is because the roof has a great view of... Times Square of the ball in Times Square. Can you just let me go up to the roof? I'm dying anyway. Can you let me go up to the roof to look at it? And he he's was, like, it's hospital policy for liability reasons. I cannot let you go into the yeah. roof. Yeah. And so he's like, oh. and so Halle Berry sits with him for like 
The whole day, the really. The whole day and whole at one point he's just talking to her as if she's somebody. As if she's his wife or something. Yeah. It's very sad and like something. I do kind of wish that this had been its own movie. I agree. Um there's a lot there's this a one. lot of really good nuggets in this one. Yeah, the, here's there's this one, and then another storyline that we will get to. That was, which was our favorite one. That was our favorite one. I probably would have been fine with a whole movie of it. I agree. Um, but anyway, so what like, happens... Hillary Swank shows up at the hospital because he's Robert her dad. Yeah. And so the nurses kind of pretend to look away while she takes him to the roof to watch the ball drop. And that's part of why she And then she he, like, immediately dies. Immediately dies. And she... Part of why she cared so much about this ball dropping is because she used to watch this with her dad all the time. And she knew that he would be watching. But here's the thing. Throughout the whole bit of this storyline, it's been like, oh, um, uh, he feels like he really hurt his family or did something terrible so that they wouldn't be... And we get no indication of that from Swain. No, the second she sees him, she's super happy and glad to see him. And there's no, like, I'm sorry and or anything. And she's really, really distraught after he dies. After he dies, she's just, like, holding this photo of them. And you're like, oh, And my then God, the nurses the come over. This? And this was really sweet. And this ties into the next storyline. <gasps> oh, I love this. The nurses this. come over and they're like, hey, do you want to know what we do on New Year's Eve or mm-hmm. what we do after someone passes? And they take her to the room with all the newborn babies. And I did, I will admit, and this also, I think, has more to do with maybe where I am. But the babies, they started playing What a Wonderful World, and it's all these newborn babies cooing. And I just, I started crying. That's right, you did. I started crying. So speaking of babies, we go to probably my least favorite storyline. I think this is by far, I, I would put this down at the bottom with SJP. This storyline, and it's of two and I, families, I, yeah. two pregnant women who are at the hospital. One couple is Jessica Beal and uh, Seth, Myers. Seth Myers. No chemistry. Totally unbelievable as a couple. I don't buy it for a fucking second. Uh-huh. And then the other one, I buy it a little more, which is Sarah Paulson and um, that guy who was in Inglorious Bastards. I think it's a Til Schweiger or something. Til Schweiger, that's right. Um, and... and they're at the hospital and there's this contest. The first baby born in that hospital on the new year. On the new year gets twenty-five grand. No. Why would it be twenty-five grand? You think hospitals have an extra twenty-five grand in America that they're gonna give to someone? Who is at the hospital? I don't know. No. It These doesn't two make couples sense. who have no chemistry are immediately super competitive. For and, no for no real reason, and like there are no we don't understand. Well, we don't know enough about them of why they care. Yeah. Like Seth Meyers and Jessica Biel instantly care, but it's it seems to be despite these people they've never met. Yeah. And then the nurse at the hospital is like, neither of you are, are in labor. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. So they each go, and then of course they both go into labor at the same time. They both go in the hospital. And then this was really weird. The nurse who was checking them in asked how dilated their cervixes were. What? I'm sorry. Do you expect a man to know that? Also, you wouldn't know that. The only people who know that. Also, you You, have to. You can't. You you need a speculum to to see it. Like, unless your husband is shoving his head down there, looking in and be like, yeah, you're four centimeters dilated, He wouldn't be able to know. How far apart are the contractions? He doesn't fucking know. He doesn't know. Maybe no contractions. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like a weird question to ask normally in my experience because I've known a lot of pregnant ladies Mm -hmm. and I've been around for a lot of births and not once 
Have any of my friends told me that they were asked how dilated their cervix no. was? They were asked how far apart the contractions are. Yeah, the only reason they do that is so that they can have the joke um, of how dilated is her cervix. And, she, and Seth Myers goes, she has one. Um, and Oh, I didn't catch that because it was so not funny. Yeah, it was, pain- it was very, very unfunny. Um, anyway, we find out <sighs> Seth Myers ends up seeing that they have multiple kids. Yeah, Sarah Paulson and Till Schweiger have, like, a bajillion kids, and they're, like, hipsters. Uh-huh. And, you know, he and Jessica Biel, we don't really know their situation. We, we just know that he's in, like, veterinary school, even though he's, like, 40. Um, they have no In New York City? In New York City. What? And they don't live in a hovel. No. They live in a nice apartment. These are asshole rich kids. I'm sorry. Um, and so he's, they have like... No, they, again, have... No, exactly. And so because he and the other husband have been like needlessly competitive mm-hmm. after their kids are born, Till Schweiger's like, oh, my son was born at 1205. When was 1204? When was yours born? And he goes. 1205. Letting the other guy win, mm-hmm. which was nice, but also a big who cares. A bit, also, uh, what this also says, <laughs> I also immediately went, it's going to fuck up the kid's birth chart. Wait, is there any other storylines before we get to our favorite one? Um, oh, the Ashton Kutcher one. Oh, the Ashton Kutcher. And we have to do the Bon Jovi one. Oh, my God. I forgot about Bon Jovi. Because <laughs> it was so stupid. Basically, the Ashton Kutcher one is really simple. He and Liam Michelle. He doesn't like they New live Year's. In, they live in the same apartment building. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, my God. I love New Year's. I'm going to decorate everything. And he's like, everything sucks because someone broke my heart once. Also, I will say this is the best look of the Ashton Kutcher. This is, this is sad, Ashton. This yes. is like... Like mid divorce from Demi Moore. Ooh, Ashton. His hair is long. His beard is growing, and he just got signed on to be on Two and a Half Men. This bitch is looking good. His life is crumbling before his very eyes, and he's never looked better. We are reaping the benefits. I will say this look and like Michael Kelso mustache Police Academy from that '70s show. Whoa, those whoa, are whoa. like the best he's ever looked. Whoa, 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 we were. Whoa, whoa, um, we were. This is another example of people who don't have chemistry. Being forced together. So the the story is that they get stuck in the elevator. And she has like a big thing. And she's, it's Leah Michelle, And she's a singer. And she's going to be She's a, a backup, backup singer, singer for Bon Jovi, whose character is named Jensen. <laughs> Just call it Bon Jovi. Just say it's fucking Bon Jovi. I, although I think Bon Jovi is like married to... Sorry, I speak to John Bon Jovi. I think he's been like married to the same woman for like a long time. Yeah, right? he's got a really happy life. He does a lot of really good charity work. We're happy. For, we'll like, get to Bon Jovi in a second. Bon Jovi's great. We but, love Bon Jovi. But basically, the you can guess where this storyline goes is that like they're stuck in an elevator together, so they have to get to know each other, and then they start to like each other. Anyway, the the the. Elevator door finally opens and they, it finally starts working and she runs to her gig at Times Square and he he runs to her and he sees her and he's like, hey. And then they you kiss. For, yeah, they kiss. And it's, and it's just like the most passionless, oof. wet banana lip kiss I've ever seen it, in my life. It, Have you ever held a wet banana? It's disgusting. That's I, what that kiss was to me. It was I, a wet banana. Any bananas I'm not psyched about unless it's in my smoothie bitch um like just a, like a banana in the peel just wet oh what is this <laughs> what happened to you with a wet banana nothing why I was just, it wet it just is, I dropped it in the sink what <laughs> in over the trash like a normal person 
Um, I will say uh, she's another example of a child star who didn't turn out very well. So, on the one hand, you want to have some sympathy for her or at least a little empathy. But then on the other hand, she's like really not a cool person to work with. Notoriously awful to people she works with. Yeah. That really, that must suck though. If routinely every couple months someone you used to work with says, oh, no, she's awful. Okay, I don't really have sympathy for that because just don't be shitty. Mm -hmm. Be professional. Yeah. You can go very far. If you treat the people around you with a little bit of respect or at least basic human decency, you'd be surprised at how highly people will think of you. And the fact that, like, it's so easy to just be nice, Mm -hmm. it takes a lot more effort to be a mean diva. Yes. I know that we've shit on Lambert. <laughs> well, we're going to shit on another one soon because her... Wait, who else is in the fucking Well, her storyline oh, with Bon Jovi and this Catherine... This was endless! Catherine Heigl. Oh, okay. Let me tell you something about Catherine Heigl. This woman loves to play a bitch. And here's the thing. I think she thrives in that. I think she plays a really great bitch. She plays some... I think she does it very well. Oh, my God. There is no one better on, on TV who's who makes you be like, God, this woman is... The worst. Mean! But you kind of love watching her. However, not in this instance. I really don't care for Katherine Heigl. This may have been my least favorite storyline, actually. Actually, you know what? I take that back. I do like Katherine Heigl, but only in Roswell. I haven't seen it. It's like it's like uh, Dawson's Creek, but like around Area 51. Oh, yeah. And That's like, Sherry what, Appleby. Yeah, like what if these hot teenagers were actually aliens who wanted to fuck you? Yeah. Okay. You're speaking my language. What <laughs> it's I wanted a really a good show. What I wanted as a teen was that. Dude. <laughs> so this storyline. This may have been my least favorite, actually, yeah, because I think it's also this, the most racist. So she I think is so. a chef. A professional chef, yet somehow also a party planner. And she is catering the party of the record company that Josh Dumel is speaking at. Yes. And, and so Jensen, played by John Bon Jovi, and is I supposed think it's to... revealed that he has like an actual name, like Daniel or something. Yeah, Daniel Jensen or some shit. <laughs> Who knows? He is playing a gig it's... at the party before Times Square. Mm-hmm. And so it turns out they used to date and he proposed to her and then got cold feet. Mm-hmm. So she is just absolutely awful She slaps him. him twice. She assaults him Twice. And she yells at him. She's very mean. She is not. She doesn't say anything nice to anyone. She has two, no. her two assistants are played by Sofia Vergara and Russell Peters. And they have Russell Peters do an Indian accent. Yeah, they just have him be like stereotypical Indian man. Yeah, and so and the then way Sofia they, Vergara yeah. is just a dumb bimbo. And so they basically, their way of inserting com- comic relief in... Um, in otherwise unfunny storylines. Is just to make fun of people with accents. Yeah. For the help, essentially. Yeah. And, and that's fucked up. Here's what I will point, say. Catherine Heigl's yeah. barefoot in her kitchen, which is a huge health code also, violation. Also, I'm pretty sure she was wearing a wig. Yeah, you said that a couple times. I, here's the thing. I, I couldn't almost, clock it, but you're much better at wigs than I, I am. Here's why I hope it was a wig. It looked terrible. <laughs> that last scene we're talking about, Catherine Heigl, beautiful woman wearing a stunning dress. Her hair looked terrible. It was too yellow for the dress. It just—it wasn't just too. It was also like weirdly thick in places. It where made it, her it, look like, like a Fox News anchor. She looked. She did look like a Fox News anchor. You're welcome oh my for God. that. She looked like she was about to be like Santa is white. Like, <laughs> but anyway, like yeah. the whole the whole thing with this storyline is he's is always that trying to get her back, and you're like, trying, why? Why? Like, there's nothing. 
nice about this person. We don't really get any sense that she was ever truly hurt. She's just mean. And at the end, he's like, I'm canceling my tour because I want to spend time with you. And Which it's is like, stupid. What? If you're with someone and your careers don't match up, either understand that or make a plan to like what you're going to do. Because if you're with someone who doesn't appreciate or respect that you guys are going to do different things, then you guys shouldn't be together. I agree. And with any relationship, there's going to be a degree of compromise. Mm -hmm. But for someone to make that kind of career move to be with you because you wouldn't accept that that was part of their lifestyle is really troubling to me. Yeah, that's gross. Like, also, you're going to be working all the time, too. Yeah, like, do you think chefs have good hours? No, they have notoriously some of the worst hours ever. Yeah. I also, they work her, all the time. Her hair was down all the time in that kitchen. She, she didn't wear a hat or any kind of hairnet when she was cooking, except when she was out serving food to yeah, guests. She and Sofia Vergara always have to have long hair and their titties out because, God forbid, a woman be dressed appropriately for her job. I will say this. I enjoyed Sofia Vergara because I always enjoy Sofia Vergara. Because she's charming and she knows what movie she's in. Yeah, she gave, like, I think the one time I genuinely laughed in this movie was Sofia Vergara. Anyway, she and Bon Jovi end up together. Again, no chemistry. No chemistry. And he, it's just stupid. And then we find out that the only reason her company was hired to cater is because Jensen said he wouldn't play if they didn't hire her. Yeah. Which is a very, I think a very courteous professional yeah. move for someone who doesn't deserve it, quite frankly. Oh, she's awful. And, um, yeah. So, so now let's get to the, the only storyline we loved. Ah, the real meat of this movie. I really wish this, this was the whole movie. Exactly. If this had been expanded to be the entire movie, this would be such a better movie. This These would are be, the only two people who have chemistry. The Harold and Maude of our generation. That I look. That we actually care about. So it's Zach Efron and Michelle Pfeiffer. <gasps> Truly, they had the most chemistry. Truly, and I think not just because they worked together before on hairspray, but also these are two. But also people... because they just having chemistry is something natural that happens, and they also just... because they're both really good actors. I love both of these people. So Michelle Pfeiffer is like a very mouse. They put her in this like short brown bob, which I realize, like Melanie, I'm gonna do something for for you too. This is Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> In that movie. Yeah, so the movie actually, <laughs> I remember how the movie starts, because it starts with her, because this is the first thing that made me mad, Yeah, was that, like, we're supposed to believe this woman's lived in New York forever, and it, like, follows her walking to work, and she almost gets hit by a car, because she's trying to jaywalk at a time where no one in their right mind would try to jaywalk. No one. And she falls into, like, a pile of trash. Mm -hmm. And, like... Everyone's like, oh, my God, are you okay? And she's like, oh, I almost died. So she goes to work. Mm -hmm. She's greeted by Zac Efron, who works for a courier service. Mm -hmm. Turns out he's also friends with Ashton Kutcher. So he and Ashton are on the phone with each other mm -hmm. for a lot of the day. And, like, they have some kind of exchange, like, witty exchange. She and has he, tickets to the yeah. record party. He's like, oh, my God, that's really cool. And mm -hmm. she's like, yeah, uh-huh, whatever. She goes to talk to her boss, who is played by John Lithgow. John Lithgow is in this for... Two seconds. Truly, like, maybe a grand total of 30 seconds. And I love John Lithgow. He's great. Again. But essentially, whatever. she's, like, a very shy, mousy person. And she's like, 
well, I was going to take two weeks of vacation. He's like, no, you can't do that. You can only take a week. She's like, well, you don't approve my vacation. HR approves my vacation, which is true. He also doesn't give her, like, almost any Christmas bonus. Yeah, she asked. She's like, oh, it's time for my Christmas bonus. He's like, what? Why? And she's like, because I was going to use it on my vacation that I'm legally entitled to. Uh Um, And he's just a real shithead to her. And she goes, you know what? I fucking quit. Peace. Yeah. So... She leaves, and then she meets up again with Zac Efron she, because they cross paths once and she, more. No, she hires him no, for well, the she, day. Right, but she hires him after they cross paths yes. again mm-hmm. because he basically is like, oh, like you're sitting on the stoop. What, what's going on with you? Because they know each other because he delivers to her work almost every day. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I quit my job. And that was actually one of the things on my New Year's resolution list. So mm-hmm. she ends up hiring him to help her accomplish everything on her New Year's resolution list. Yes. And they, I loved this. And he, it was so sweet. He takes her to different places. Like one of the things um, is like go to Bali and he shows her this spa called Bali and she's actually able to like relax and calm down for the first time in who knows how long. Right. And then also on her list is save a life. And he takes her. To adopt a puppy from a kill a shelter. puppy from a kill shelter and she adopts a puppy. It's very um, cute. It's so um, cute. And she wants also- to go around all over the world. And so he like, he's like, this is a cheat. But they like go on his moped and they drive around a globe. Yeah. Um, She's just on the back of his like little motorcycle. And they're having a great time. And, and then she wants to see all five boroughs in one day. He takes her to a museum that has like a miniature display of all of New York. And, and she gets somehow to... she's allowed to walk on the miniature. Like, that doesn't make like any a, sense. Like a sexy Godzilla. Yeah. I love Michelle Pfeiffer. Listen, anyway, if Michelle Pfeiffer played Godzilla, that would actually be pretty dope. Everyone w- in New York would be like, we accept it. Yeah. <laughs> we deserve this. We deserve this. But at this point, Zach Efron's talking on the phone with Ashton Kutcher, and he basically lets slip, like, oh, yeah, I just got hired by this lady. Like, she's says, really pathetic. But here's what he says. He goes, kind of pathetic, a little pathetic, but, like, in a cute way. And yeah, she he hears does say that. that. But she hears it because the like the what she's offering to pay him in is tickets to the record party. Uh-huh. And she gets upset, understandably so, uh-huh. and she starts to leave. And he he eats crow. He's like, listen, uh-huh. I'm sorry you heard that. Like, I'm a loudmouth jerk kind of guy. Uh-huh. I'm really tired of being that guy. Uh-huh. I've had a lot of fun with you today, and I would love it if you allowed me to keep helping you fulfill your resolutions. Yeah. And initially she says no, and then she says yes. I forget what turns it around. I think she just has a moment where she's like, mm, YOLO. Yeah, and they they do something else together. Well, no, they go away, and then he finds her at the, one of the pens when the ball drops, and he kisses her at midnight. Yeah. Because that was the last thing on her oh, list. Oh, be amazed was the last thing, right? Was it? Yeah, well, be amazed. I mean, I don't really remember the list, per se. I just know that that was something. Basically, he kisses her at midnight. And um, it's the only kiss in the movie where they have any kind of chemistry. And also, like, in the end credits, there's, like, a very Gary Marshall, like, oh, my God, we're all having fun. We had fun making this movie, so you had fun watching this movie. And um, (laughs) they're, he basically, they go to the party together, and they're dancing and having fun. And, like, they kind of maybe love each other a little bit. I love this. This I love. I watched a whole. I would watch a whole movie of this. I would. I would too. I would actually really like to know more about both their characters, yeah. and I would like to delve deeper into this. Yeah, but we don't get that. I'd watch a New Year's Eve movie that's like this weird May December romance of these two people, and 
Like, again, the end credits where they're dancing together. I loved it. Anyway, uh, the end. That's New Year's Eve. That's New Year's Eve. Would we recommend this movie? No. No. We'd recommend the Michelle Fiber. I'm sure if someone on if someone on the internet has made like a Zac Efron compilation of this movie where it's just the scenes with Zac Efron and therefore just the Zac Efron Michelle Pfeiffer story, watch that. Um I agree. If you have I just... like five minutes to kill. But yeah, it's really this movie is not worth it. No. Um, it has all of the best and worst parts of Love Actually. Oh my god! I and forgot. does them all poorly. We forgot about the Halle Berry storyline. Oh, that's like a nothing storyline. Halle Berry. Yeah, we think she's going to meet Josh Duhamel because she has to go somewhere at midnight. Turns out she's video conferencing with her husband, who's like deployed, played by Common. I will say these two also had chemistry. Of course, but they didn't ever see each other. No. This was, this was like a video, this was a pre-recorded video of Common and Halle Berry was acting against a pre-recorded yeah. video. And I will say she nails it. And yeah, because she's, she's Halle Berry. This is two very talented actors who also just happen to be like two of the hottest people in the world. Oh my God. Wow. Common is another underrated. His name Common is, is another underrated musical artist turned actor. Correct. I would agree with that. Ugh. His name is Common. He is anything but. Truly. Um, okay. We would not recommend this movie. Is it romantic? No. no. Well, the I Michelle think, Pfeiffer thing is. I think Mich- Michelle and Zach, maybe a little bit. A little bit. Is it sexy? No. No. This movie made me want to barf. This movie was not sexy. And, um,. Uh, I don't know. Fuck Mary Kill. Oh Jesus! We would kill everyone. No, you you gotta pick one. Okay, we what? Um, okay, we got Josh Dumal, Seth Meyers. Who is another man? Ashton Kutcher. Okay, well that's uh, easy. Mary Ashton, kill Seth, fuck Josh. What? Yeah. That is not the. That's not what I would do. What would you do? I would kill Josh. I'm marrying Seth, and I'm fucking Ashton. Really? Oh, I really don't. I don't think Seth Meyers' personality jives with my personality. That's probably true. Um, do you have a fuck Mary Kill? I do. Okay. Okay. Fuck Mary Kill. Michelle Pfeiffer. SJP. Oh my god. Sophia Vergara. Oh my god. I have to kill one of them. Yep. I'm. I'm marrying Michelle Pfeiffer. You're going to be mad, but I'm killing SJP and I'm fucking Vergara. Really? Yeah. I feel like Vergara would be very nice to me and I feel like we would get along and we'd have a similar sense of humor probably. And also, I feel like she would get what I'm about because I'm also, she's married to a tall Italian in real life. I'm half Italian. <laughs> oh, wow. You made it pretty far without saying you were Italian. I know. Good job, babe. Um, How about you? Um, I would obviously marry SJP. Mm-hmm. We would have a beautiful Jewish lesbian relationship. <gasps> oh, I'd love that. I would probably fuck Michelle Pfeiffer mm-hmm. and kill Sofia Vergara if okay. I had to choose. All right. Yeah. That's okay. That matches up with your energy. I feel like SJP and I would have a very peaceful power couple. Very much. I feel like Michelle Pfeiffer and I would have a lot of really explosive sexual chemistry, if I'm being honest. I love that for you. Like if I if I didn't have to kill Sofia Vergara, if there were an if it was um fuck Mary friend, Ooh, then yeah. I would friend Sofia Vergara, but I the options that. kill, therefore she must die. Must die. I mm-hmm. must abide by the rules of the game. Mm-hmm. Well, this was New Year's Eve. It was not very good. 
And we hope that you don't have to watch this pile of crap to ring in the new year if like we did. If you want to watch a Gary Marshall movie, watch basically any other Gary Marshall movie. Watch Pretty Woman, and I hate Richard Gere, and I think that's a better movie than this. Um, Watch Beaches. Beaches. Oof. I have not seen that movie. Did you ever know that you're my hero? That doesn't help me know what it's about, but thank you. And everything I would like to be. <laughs> Tiffer's <laughs> eyebrows just went so high. Uh, I can't fly. That was good. But uh, would we recommend <laughs> this movie? Uh, no. No. Um, no. So, you know, uh, don't waste your fucking time with that movie. Don't Listen do to it. the podcast of us telling you what it's about. Be glad you didn't waste that time. We'll never get that time back. No. So, also, if you're like, oh, I like that actor, watch something else they were in. Literally anything else any of them have ever watch been in. Watch another thing they were in. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, if you want to watch a Michelle Pfeiffer, Zach Efron movie, watch Hairspray. So good. Anybody? They barely even interact in it, and they have more chemistry than three quarters of the other also, couples there are, in this there movie. there are ways that she looks at him in New Year's Eve in this movie where I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Ma'am. I know. I told, that's why I think it's. It, For this, Archer Zachary. This is the new Harold and Maude. I love Zach Efron. Super talented, kind bro. Good guy. Anyway, this has been You Had Me at Hell No. I am Allie. If you enjoyed this, please, uh, uh, please, 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 dear God, please, please, please leave us a five star review, write a review, tell people that you enjoyed it. Please, please, spread, spread the good word about our podcast. You please. can find us on our social media at Hell No Cast on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or our website, hellnocast.com. You know, when I was a child, a young orphan in the street, I once walked up to the headmaster and I said, please, sir, can I have some more? And they said, no, Oliver. I also don't, I've never actually read or watched all of, like, I have not seen the musical Oliver. I have not read Oliver Twist or seen any. The only version I have seen of it is Muppets. Oliver and Company. Oh, Oliver. That's a good ass movie. Which is a great movie. Say what you will about Billy Joel. I'm not a big Billy Joel fan. That soundtrack fucking slaps. Why should I That was in the era where they were like, let's get Billy Joel mm -hmm. and Phil Collins and Elton John to score our fucking movies. Yeah. And it was the greatest decision Disney's ever oh made. Oh my God. Um, are you going to sit here and tell me that the soundtrack to Tarzan is not Phil Collins' magnum are you opus? Do you know who you're fucking talking to, bitch? <laughs> I like Phil Collins. I know. I love, do you know how often I listen to... Babe, I meant the general you, like, oh, to our listeners. Okay. I know you like Phil Collins. Sorry. Sorry. Are you okay? <laughs> Thank you for listening to our podcast. <laughs> this has been... You had me at hell no. I have been Allie. And I have been Mel. Thank you for listening. Love you. Bye. Bye-bye. You Had Me at Hell No was recorded in Scoundrel and Scamp Theater in Tucson, Arizona. And Allie and I just want to thank the theater for allowing us to record there. Special thanks are also in order to Tiffer Hill, our engineer, for putting up with all of our shenanigans and making us sound fabulous. As well as Bella Vanek and Lucille Petty for our theme song. Thank you, Bella and Lucille. Yeah.
Sorry, should I not have my leg up? <laughs> Do whatever you want. Okay. There are no rules here, except don't lick the mic. I think that's the only rule. The thing is, you said it, so... 